did you know that you can invest your cryptocurrency through a tax advantage retirement account? That's where iTrust Capital comes in. It's a platform that allows clients to invest in crypto through an individual retirement account or an IRA. IRAs are tax shelter accounts, which means all your crypto trading is tax free and it can even grow tax free over time. The process of signing up with iTrust Capital is really easy and the service is awesome. The best part is that it's totally free to open up an account and there's no hidden fees. You don't need to pay any monthly subscription or membership fees either. iTrust Capital is the best in class when it comes to security and the platform also offers a growing list of over 25 different cryptocurrencies to invest in with more being added all the time. So it's easy to diversify your portfolio with a new mobile app that allows clients to trade whenever they want. iTrust Capital has really earned its place in the market being voted best crypto investment platform in the US. As a special tip for my viewers, if you open and fund an account with iTrust Capital, you will get a $100 funding bonus added to your account. To learn more, click the link in the description and open a free account and start investing with iTrust Capital today. Welcome back everyone to another edition of Insightful Principles. In today's episode, I really want to talk about is stagflation on the horizon? Are we in a recession? What will the Fed do in the next meeting on July 28th? All of these questions I'm going to go over throughout this podcast. But before I move forward, if you all can do me a huge favor, uh, please rate, leave a review, uh, continue to share uh, with your family and friends. Uh, definitely helps and I really appreciate uh, when you take the time to actually do those different things. Now, when it comes to stagflation, the reason why I'm mentioning it is because we got the June inflation numbers today on July 13th, 2022, and the numbers came out at 9.1%. And this has really shown that we have constantly seen an increase since January uh, when you think about the inflation numbers so far for 2022, we started the year off at 7.5% year over year. And then in March was when it started to pick up a little bit more of uh, going into 8%. It was 8.5% in March. And then, of course, in May, we seen it at 8.6%. And now in June, we're seeing it at 9.1%. And the three biggest areas, the themes of what caused it to increase was food at home, gas, and shelter. Now, food at home was 12.2%. Gasoline came out year over year, 59.9%. Fuel oil was 98.5%. Electricity was 13.7%. Shelter was actually 5.6%. And new vehicles was 11.4%. Now, the electricity index has seen a, the largest 12-month increase it had since April of 2006. The declines that they did mention throughout the article was meats, poultry, fish, and eggs. Those had all reduced and wasn't as high as the numbers that came out in May, as well as airline fares had went down as well. Now, when it came to food, uh, the biggest categories or the areas that caused the food index to go up was butter and margarine. 
Uh, that actually increased 26.3% year over year. Fruits and vegetables rose 8.1%. And lastly, cereal and bakery products rose 13.8%. And I could already tell by from these numbers, even for myself going to the grocery store, I'm noticing butter is, is more expensive. A lot of the different vegetables that I get, whether that's cucumbers, lettuce, Brussels sprouts, all of those things I have been seeing uh, rapid increases and also with bakery products. So you think about like bread, uh, anything, bagels, you know, things along those lines. Now, the gasoline increase will also had its largest 12 month increase as well since March of 1980. And gas has come down since June. So a lot of this data is backward looking. Uh, when it comes to CPI, it is a lagging indicator, which means that after the data has already been out, we've already been moving forward in the following month. As you can see, the CPI numbers have came out for June, but we're already in July. So as we can see day to day, gas prices are coming down. It's not nearly as high as it was in June. Uh, so a lot of people are saying that, you know, CPI is a lagging indicator, but I still think that these numbers are very relevant to the stagflation environment we could possibly foresee throughout the year. So I definitely do not uh, second. I'm always taking a second look when these numbers come out because we already know that CPI is manipulated and the numbers can be potentially much higher than what is being reported. But I do also understand that it is a lagging indicator. It is a great economic indicator you should be paying attention to, but there are other leading indicators that you wanna look at, such as the PMI, which I've talked about before, the Purchasing Managers Index, were really measures of the manufacturing within the economy, which deals a lot with the supply chain. And that highlights if our economy is expanding or contracting from a manufacturing standpoint. So that's just one lending indicator. But I think you do have to look at both lagging and lending indicators to really have a pulse on what's going on in the economy. So you may ask, what exactly is stagflation? What does that mean? All I'm saying is, is with stagflation, it means that we're seeing a high and a constant rate of inflation. And as we have seen, Inflation has pretty much been ranging from 75 to 9.1% so far throughout this year. And also with stagflation, it also correlates with us having lower growth in the economy. We already have seen from the real GDP numbers, which is the gross domestic product. This simply measures the economic activity within the economy. It has been reported that we've already seen for the first quarter of 2022, we've seen negative growth. Now, the second quarter estimates of 2022 will be coming out July 28th. These will be the advanced estimates or the first estimates of us being able to see is this two consecutive quarters of negative growth? Because if it is, then that technically means that we're in a recession. Now, we still need to pay attention to a lot of other factors but you can also look at the GDP and get a pulse on what's happening from an economic activity level. So I definitely think that's going to be very important for July 28th. The exact same day we're having the next Fed meeting and also the producer price index, the PPI. So before we get back to the show, I want to tell you all about an awesome product that I'm using, uh, Ledger. They are the largest crypto hardware wallet in the world. 
Um, they're trusted by over 2 million users worldwide. And the reason why you want to look into a hardware wallet is because you want to own your private keys. If you do not control your own private keys, you do not own your Bitcoin. A public key is when it's on a major exchange. A private key is when it's stored offline and it's on a hardware wallet. Another reason why you want to look into a hard wallet is exchanges have had a history of being hacked. Um, not all, but some. And hardware wallets, they protect against you losing your funds. And the whole system of why Bitcoin was created was for decentralization, for security, where you can be your own bank and where you can be able to move money at ease between other people um, or whether you're moving money off of exchange to your crypto hardware wallet it gives you the ultimate control as an investor and you want to utilize those those benefits of being a part of this system of decentralization so if you go into the show notes and go to my affiliate link um, you'll be able to look at all of the different products that Ledger offers. Um, like I said, I have thoroughly enjoyed um, my process of utilizing uh, the hardware wallet, and it's the best way to be able to safely secure your crypto. I will be out tomorrow, July 14, 2022 at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as there's a lot of talks now with the inflation numbers coming out at 9.1%. Is the Fed may have to do a hundred basis point rate hike because they have to really get a grasp on bringing inflation down. And it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, a little over a year ago, they constantly said that it was transitory, but it really just shows now that this is a stagflation environment. So far for the first half of the year, inflation has been the number one uh, issue that we're seeing in our economy. And I think for the second half of 2022, we will continue to see inflation, uh, you know, increasing or it may come down a little bit, but I still think that we're going to be in a stagflation environment will range somewhere from seven to 8%. But I don't think it's going down as easy as some people may think. And I think that we're are going to have to move into a more aggressive uh, tightening with our monetary supply because that's the only way or one of the tools that they can utilize to be able to bring inflation down. So I definitely think that with the 100 basis point rate hike coming in July, it's a possibility. It's not for certain right now. I definitely think that's on the table and there has been market expectations of a 75 basis points a rate hike coming in September, which that will be the next Fed meeting after the one we'll have in July. And currently the federal funds rate is around 1.50 to 1.75%. Now this number will go up to 1% if they do decide to do the 100 basis point rate hike. And I did want to just briefly highlight uh, the global inflation rates uh, around the world. Um, it's pretty eye-opening uh, when you kind of really analyze not only how the U.S. is being affected by inflation, but we have uh, countries such as Europe. Uh, their inflation rate right now is at 8.6%. And the euro uh, for the first time since I believe uh, 2002 uh, fell below uh, the dollar. So both the dollar and the euro are at a parity. And the euro right now is somewhere around 98 cents. So they have been a lot lower in comparison 
to the U.S. dollar. And the U.S. dollar has been strengthening a lot. Um, but also when it comes to the strengthening of the U.S. dollar, it also hurts other international countries. Because you look at someone like in Europe, uh, when we want to go trade with them, in order for them to be able to make their currency more valuable and for their currency to uh, become higher over the dollar, they uh, have to, in a sense, short the U.S. dollar. So what I mean by that is they have to not uh, import as many goods with the U.S. dollar. They want to export more of their euro dollars because that's what's going to cause the euro to go up. When it's a imbalance like it is now, it hurts their currency. And as we have also seen, you know, Europe right now is going through an energy crisis. They're having a lot of supply uh, issues when it comes to their energy. And, you know, with their currency, a lot of people are saying that Europe could potentially be going into a recession much soon. Uh, and, you know, I definitely think when we think about the U.S. going into a recession, it's definitely going to happen from an international standpoint before it impacts us here. So that's definitely one thing that I paid attention to when I was looking at the global inflation rates. Um, also, we have in Mexico, uh, their uh, inflation rate right now is 7.99%. In Germany, you have 7.6%. In the UK, 9.1%. In Brazil, 11.89%. And we even have places like Turkey, where they have an inflation rate of seven, 78.62%. So it's, it's really eye-opening when you think about how inflation is affecting the whole entire world on a global level, on a macroeconomic level. We're seeing every country being impacted by it. And it's definitely one thing not paying attention to when you think about a global recession standpoint. Uh, another thing to pay attention to that's going to be coming out this week is the consumer sentiment for the University of Michigan. Uh, it's a survey that they release uh, on the second Friday of every month. And for this Friday, uh, July 15, 2022, they will be releasing their consumer sentiment survey. And this survey is, is really important because it really just identifies consumer expectations regarding the overall economy. Um, you all have heard me talk about the uh, consumer confidence survey. And usually what the consumer uh, confidence survey measures is, is really looking at just job security and just how the job market is doing as a whole. Whereas the consumer sentiment is more of a measurement of how is more retail oriented. So when you think about gas prices, grocery prices going up, that's gonna show much higher in a consumer sentiment survey. Um, whereas when you think about the consumer confidence survey, it's really identifying like current employment conditions, uh, business conditions that are gonna happen for the next six months and also current business conditions. So that's kind of the difference between the two, but with the University of Michigan survey for consumer sentiment, uh, they actually came out with a preliminary result of where they're thinking that 
The numbers are going to come out for June. If you're a podcast enthusiast like I am, you probably thought about making a podcast on your own. Creating a podcast is one of the best decisions I've made personally, but it definitely can feel overwhelming when trying to start one on your own. That's where Buzzsprout comes in. Their platform is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote, and track a professional podcast. It's in fact so good that they have helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcast. Buzzsprite will get your show on every major podcast directory, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of your recording. You also get a great looking podcast website, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes as well. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new blog posts, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos every week. So you can learn the ins and outs of podcasting from people that live it every day. To start your own podcast and to get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and help support our show. Buzzsprout. The easiest way to start a podcast. And right now they have it at 50.2%. Uh, for May, it was at 58.4%. So it's definitely going to be looking like it's significantly lower. We'll see how the numbers come out for you know June in a couple of days. But with consumer expectations, they have for June that it's going to be 46.8%. And for May, it was actually 55.2%. So you can definitely see a decline uh, both from a consumer sentiment and a consumer expectation standpoint. And a lot of this is really coming for from, you know, consumer spending is simply just being uh, reduced. People are not spending as much because we're seeing price increases everywhere. When we think about shelter in our home, uh, household furnishings, uh, that also was up significantly within the CPI. I believe it was somewhere around... Uh, 11 or 12 percent for household furnishings. You think about gas prices being up. Yes, they have come down, but it's still impacting a lot of people from just an energy consumption standpoint across the world. And the highest uh, increase that I seen throughout this CPI report was food at home. You know, food at home, 12.2 percent. You know, it's definitely expensive to be able to uh, take those grocery trips. So I think that consumer spending is going to continue to go down. People are just not um, going to have to buy. They're going to reduce their spending in some aspects. And especially when you think about from luxury items, such as buying a, a brand new vehicle or really trying to take a lot of vacations. I think people are going to understand that the economy is slowing down and people are going to cut back on their spending because you want to, they, people want to prepare for the unexpected. Um, at least the people that are really paying attention and, and can see how this is really impacting them. So those are some things to pay attention to that are coming out this week. I definitely would say, you know, stagflation is going to be a constant thing for the rest of the second half of the year. And uh, I think the best thing that we can do as as investors is continue to read, observe, um, to continue to educate ourselves and really identify our investment thesis that's going to be best for our portfolios to be able to protect ourselves in a recession. But I do hope that you all enjoyed this podcast. Um, if you all could please rate, leave a review 
uh, share with your family and friends. And I thank you all for listening to another episode of Insightful Principles. And take care.